what is a Christian? Why do we have so many different denominations? And what did Jesus do exactly? <laughs> yeah. What did he do? So the scripture says. Let's just get straight to it. Yes, so the question is, the question at hand, um, what is a Christian? It's a great full question, my man. And firstly, I want to say just thanks for having me on here. I really appreciate it opportunity to for us to connect and also just to hopefully glorify the Lord Jesus. But getting to your question, bro, a Christian is a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, a sinner who has received God's grace and come to faith in Jesus. A Christian is a saved sinner who belongs to Christ and has been united to Christ and represents Christ in this world. Uh, when we look to scripture, when we look to the word of God, we see the Lord Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, living a perfect life, tempted in every way and yet without sin. He died a substitutionary death on the cross, rose again on the third day, ascended to heaven, fulfilled Old Testament scriptures, the Savior, the King. Jesus is real. Jesus is alive, and Christians are those who follow him, image bearers who recognize their sin before God and have received, embraced, trusted, and set their hopes in Christ and Christianity is rooted in history. It's not a made-up fairy tale. You know what I'm saying? It's not just a myth from Egyptian walls. Christianity centers on the historical person of Jesus, and he had his 12 apostles, and they went out to the world, preached the gospel, and they specifically had a church in Antioch, which is in modern-day Syria, and it was both Jews and Gentiles, so not just a Jewish sect or an offshoot of of a Judaism, but Gentiles started coming, and they were believing in Christ, and for the first time, unbelievers trying to diss Christians said, ha, those are Christians, and that word Christian means little Christ, those who belong to him, who are of the party of Jesus, those who believe and follow him, so Christians are those who set their hope in Jesus, who believe the gospel and have a faith that follows him as Lord, as King, for the rest of their lives until our faith becomes sight and we see Jesus face to face. A Christian knows, loves, and trusts Jesus as their everything. And if I could just say a few more things. No, bro, I mean, please. <laughs> author named Ian Murray. Okay. He's great. He wrote a book called Evangelicalism Divided. And he defined it well. And I think he gets at a few points that are important. He said, Christianity means knowing and trusting Christ as a living person. Christianity is not just a ethics or a moral code or advice. It flows from the gospel. It's news about who Jesus is and what he's done. So as Christians, we know and trust Jesus who's alive. This is not a dead religion, but we follow a resurrected Savior. It's a relationship that so captures the mind and the heart of every believer. Ian Murray says that knowing and esteeming Christ becomes the very object of existence. Christians overflow with love for Jesus. All things become secondary to the Savior. Christians, someone who recognizes their sin but looks outside of themselves to Christ as Savior and actually follows him, believes not just by saying Jesus is true, but commits to him with their life. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a person who's, in, who's been enlightened by the Spirit of God to believe the Word of God. A Christian has compassion for all people knowing where God saved them from. You know what I'm saying? But you can't get at Christianity without centering on the person and work of Christ, who he is and what he's done and how he calls and saves sinners to follow him. Christians believe and follow Jesus. And I really want to touch on a couple things. But for one, so you started by saying, and you finished by saying, Christians love and follow Jesus. Yeah. And... Is it just that simple? Like it, like um, and, and well, it's nothing's that like just that straightforward. But mm -hmm. I guess if you were to just kind of really just like simplify it to a simplest form, is saying, hey, a believe a Christian is just someone who believes and love. Well, believes in the story of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Is it just that simple? So a Christian, yes, is as simple as believing and following Jesus. But following Christ is fleshed out into a whole lifestyle. Yes. And I, I'm following. So basically, like, so through your beliefs, you now have joined a body of believers where you uh, play a role. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, so I see. So I so I guess the reason why I ask, like, is it just that simple? Is because so you you see, it's like, oh, I'm Catholic. I'm Protestant. I'm um. Uh, there's so many different denominations. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like uh, Baptist. And I think when you're on the outside looking in, it's like, whoa, like what's going on over there? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. is, is it, what, what is a Christian? So like, why do we have so many different denominations if it's, well, and we don't got to do the whole history of denominations, but I guess like, and you will correct me if I'm wrong. Right. So like my understanding is that like, um, denominations are um, like groups of Christians who are like um, who have more specifically defined themselves based on like specific interpretations of like different portions of like what the Bible Mm -hmm. has to Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. But ultimately they all fall under the bucket of like being well in the, in the context of Christian denominations all fall within the, like the bucket of being Christian. Is that, Mm -hmm. is that the case? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, different denominations aren't deviations. So denominations are different branches mm. of the church. And there's a difference between the universal church, which is just believers in Jesus, Christians all over the world. And then the practical expression of the universal church is local churches where we gather together to worship, to hear the word of God, to see baptisms or to be baptized, take communion you know, all of that. So there's universal church and there's a local church and denominations are just different branches of the kingdom of God, of those who follow Jesus. It's like every NBA team is all in the NBA, but there's different teams, you know what I'm saying? And groups that claim to be Christian, but mess up on one of the three things, the scriptures who say something off about the word of God or add to the word of God, that's not a denomination. If they talk about salvation and they're adding works rather than salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, that's not a denomination. If they're saying something off about the Savior, saying that Jesus isn't God or isn't the Son of God, that's not a denomination. Now, Baptist, Presbyterian, you know, everything you mentioned, they all believe the core tenets of what it means to be a Christian, uh, to believe that the Bible is the Word of God, that Jesus is the Son of God, the Christ. To, to believe in the Trinity, to believe that we are saved by faith alone. Those are some of the core tenets that you cannot compromise on to be a Christian. But, but then there's secondary things like baptism. Presbyterians would baptize babies, for instance. Baptist churches say you got to actually confess faith, actually believe in Jesus on your own before you get baptized. Mm. Those are just secondary issues, though. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't compromise the gospel or the person of Christ, or, or a destroy the word of God. So denominations are just different branches of the church who either have a different method, methodology of how you do church, how many pastors you have, or how many pastors you, maybe you just have one senior pastor or something like that. But like those are like secondary things, you know what I'm saying? They're not the first degree things, the primary things to where if you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. Denominations are just different branches that differ on secondary and third degree matters. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And you're really, you're actually really like breaking this down very, uh, so, so I love it. So, okay. So you, you hit on a couple of things that I really wanted to like make sure we make plain. So like out of those three things, one of the things that you highlighted was um, making it about fi- keeping it on faith and not works. Mm-hmm. And can you expand on that? Cause I think that's something that, Sometimes people get twisted up on mm. and I'll tell you why. So like um, even myself, when I first kind of like was in the, ch- like getting into like uh, being a believer in Christ, I, I used to think that, okay, like if I, um, let's say like I were to sin, like if I were to lie, steal, whatever, right. If I then forget to like ask God for forgiveness, I'm sitting here thinking, yo, Dang, like, I'm out. I'm out the game. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, might, I might be going to hell and, and, and if I don't, you know, pray to God for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then I used to, then it would get complicated where I just kind of nerd out and like, wait, so then if I die before I got to pray for God for forgiveness, am I, is it, am I finished? Am I mm-hmm. done? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it wasn't until later to, that I, it was explained to me like, nah, like, you're, all, you're, you're never really going to get it right. But you kind of like, so you could say it better than I could. Mm-hmm. So, so when you touch on the works, 
and it being about faith. Break that down. Mm -hmm. So the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Turn into it right now. Old-fashioned, real paper Bible out here. Scripture says real real clearly, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Grace means the free gift of God's unearned and unmerited favor. God freely gives the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and we don't earn it, and we couldn't deserve it. Salvation is not something we earn or achieve. It's something that we receive through faith in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And God is holy, righteous, just, eternal, perfect. And the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So good works can't measure up to God's perfection. It don't matter if you did two trillion good works. If you got one bad work, your one sin is a sin against an eternal God. It don't matter if it's small or big. You've sinned against an eternal God, and the wages of sin is death. So work salvation can't work because you'll never get there. God is too infinite. It's evident that Jesus, we, we, we can't ever get to God. That's why Jesus had to come down to us. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And in the gospel, you know, what we see is the good news of Jesus Christ, the, the gospel's news. It's not advice. You know, advice tells you do this. The gospel's news that says, look at who Jesus is and what he's done. Man, you know what so, I'm so then let's talk about that. So then what did Jesus do exactly? <laughs> yeah. What did he do? So the scripture says the statement's trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Jesus came born of a virgin in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies that said a savior king would come. And Jesus was tempted in every way, yet without sin. There, there's a God's law, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, you know, the law of Moses given to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly, perfectly. Jesus' life was beautiful, bro. He never lusted over a woman. He never stole. He never lied. He never cheated. He was never irritable. He was never sinfully angry. Jesus' life in being sinless is the most beautiful life in the history of the world. Jesus is beauty personified, beauty incarnate as the God-man, and he lived perfectly. And Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So as the perfect God-man, the Lamb of God, Jesus laid down his life on the cross, and he died on the cross. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Jesus didn't die as a martyr just as someone that was dying for a cause, and I'm just going down for it. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't like Malcolm or Martin. He didn't die as a martyr. Jesus didn't die just as an example for us to be like, see, we really need to be kind to each other, and then that's the only thing. Jesus died as a substitute. He died as a substitute in the place of sinners, and on the cross, he received the wrath of God, the punishment of God, the judgment of God, not that he deserved, but that we deserved. And, and, and one of the last things Jesus said on the cross is, it is finished. And in the original language, that meant paid in full because the wages of sin is death. But, but, but Jesus died, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, that he may give us eternal life, that we may have forgiveness, reconciliation, and so that God can display the glory of his grace, the glory of his mercy, his wisdom, and that his holiness, his justice, His wrath is satisfied, but his love, grace, and mercy is magnified through Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And on the third day, Jesus rose again, just like he said he would. And that resurrection vindicated that Christ is the Son of God. He is the King. He is the only Savior. And all that he said was true and that his sacrifice was sufficient. And Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Not weary and burdened just emotionally, weary and burdened by your sins before holy God that you can't work out. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got in trouble in the courts and you robbed a bank, you couldn't be like, well, I helped this old lady cross the street. You still got to pay that price. But Jesus paid it and he rose again, showing he is who he is. And he says, whoever believes in me shall be saved. So Jesus accomplished 
our salvation, our, 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 our redemption. And the good news is who Jesus is and what he's done. And if you trust, have faith in him, you shall be saved. Man. So then, okay. So you're breaking it down. So then saved, right? Being saved. Like, what does that mean? You know, so, so mm-hmm. like, and I, and I, and I really want to make this like so, palatable to somebody who's like, Yo, like I don't, I don't get none of this. What, what am I even saved from exactly? Man, great question. So to be saved is just to be rescued. You know what I'm saying? In every story, bro, in every single story, what do you often have? You have some type of journey, some type of action in danger. You have some type of problem, and then there's a hero. Mm-hmm. The same is true for all of human history. There's sin in the world. Plenty of action, danger. We all on this journey, but who's the hero? It's Jesus. Jesus is the hero, and he rescues us from us. You know what I'm saying? Sin ain't just outside of us. Sin ain't just, oh, man, this world is crazy. Sin is right here. And, and, and it's overflowing from the heart. So, so, so a salvation is rescue, and we're rescued from the wrath of God because God is holy. So to And he is totally worthy of our adoration, of our love, he created us. We only breathe him because God's sustaining us, and he created us to glorify him and to enjoy him forever. And when we sin, we, we basically tell him no. We run away from him. We rebel, and God is holy, just, and righteous, and he can't just throw sin under the rug. God takes sin seriously because it disrespects his glory, but he also takes saving sinners seriously. In comes Jesus, who accomplishes salvation, rescues us from the wrath of God by taking it upon himself on the cross and the wrath of God for Christ because he is God the son was satisfied on the cross if humans you know image bearers of God like us man if we take it it's going to be all eternity in hell you know what I'm saying because we sinned against an eternal God but Jesus as the eternal son of God when he dies in our place paid in full so salvation's rescue from the wrath of God man that brings us back to God and makes us into children of God all through the person and work of the Son of God, Jesus. See, and and I so in hearing this, I think that it's, it's I want to highlight a couple of things that you said. So, like one, from to your point, you're saved like eternally, right? So, like I think that sometimes we you can get lost in just kind of rem, just us being on Earth and not realizing that there is an eternal aspect to mm. well not reminding because rem, i would say your majority of people today right mm-hmm. would say like it will acknowledge that like we're, we're not just physical but we're spiritual beings mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. so if we acknowledge that we're spiritual beings the question is what happens to your spirit Man. then you know what i mean Man. like whether you believe in jesus or not there's a, if you have a spirit what happens to it everybody and, believe in afterlife of some sort exactly and I, and so what you're highlighting is look like your afterlife is going to be is, is in good hands but then what I really also If you wanna, trust and believe in Christ. A hundred percent. Yo, yeah. So, uh, that, of course. So then I guess um, what you also touched on that I think is important too is when you said Jesus died to save you from you. And I think that that's important because when people think of sinning and like not sinning and, and things like that, I think that sometimes it's like you are just, if it can feel like, yo, you're just adding these rules to my life when my life was good without these rules, mm. like you're adding, yo, you don't have sex till marriage. You're adding, don't lie. You're adding all these different rules. And it's like, yo, like my life was good without it. And I think that sometimes when you simplify it to just saying, look, like to your point, you have the capacity to like mess up your life. We see it all the time. We're not perfect beings in general. Sinning is literally you living life outside of like the will of God. The will of God is your best life, ultimately. Like, you know, Facts. that's living your best life. So if you're, so by Jesus dying, to your point of you saving you from you, you're not, he's really saving you from, like, the mistakes, your imperfections. He, and he's making that, that difference. So, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's important to, like, like to highlight that like you did because you can get lost in, in feeling like, Yo, being a Christian is adding more burdens. It can feel like, oh, yo, man. being a Christian is just adding more burdens mm-hmm, to my life. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this, bro. I think you're hitting at some stuff that people really go through. But in 1 John 5, 3, it says Jesus' commands aren't burdensome. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, 
Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. You know what's burdensome, bro? Sin and the guilty conscience it gives you, the broken relationships it creates, the distance from God it creates, the eternal penalty and price. Sin is burdensome, bro. Drinking all night and then throwing up and all that. Man, that ain't fun. People be lying when they say they're having their best life, but they live in apart from Christ. It's not true. You live in empty. Augustine, an uh, African theologian from back in the day, said in a prayer to God, you have created us towards yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. People out here restless saying it's good, but they lying. It's like social media, bro. 10% you put on your posts, and the rest of it could be depression, despair, struggling with sin, knowing that God is real, but you feel far from him, trying to satisfy your heart with whatever this world can offer, knowing that it can't satisfy. You know what I'm saying? Only Jesus saves and gives a clear conscience, gives true joy, lasting peace, and eternal security. Knowing that if I die tonight, you know, as a Christian, death is not, it, it, death is not a dead end, it's a doorway. You know, you, you, death is not annihilation, it's initiation for the Christian. It's not entering into pu eternal punishment, it's entering into eternal paradise. The best life is following Jesus. He said, I, I came to give life and give life more abundantly. And that's not material things, it's just all that it is coming with following Jesus. So, I, man, I just wish people will really consider Christ in the true life that he offers. Man, this world be selling lies, bro. But, but okay, to that point, it's easy to kind of like fall into it when the majority of people, so like the majority sell, like the world is convincing, right? And sells like, oh, to fill, because we all have voids in life, right? 100%. We all have voids. Like there's, a, when you decide to uh, sleep around, when you decide to like, lie, steal, whatever your, the sin is, right? Yeah. You did that to fill a void, right? 100, 100. And I think that, like, when you're looking at solutions for the void, it's easier to lean on what the majority seems to support versus, like, what's, like, less, seems to be, culturally, less supported by the masses, right? Mm. So if I'm, if I'm, like, lonely, right? I'm like, all right, I could, uh, go handle this God's way, I can handle mm -hmm. this the world's way. And I think that, like, it's easier to go with, like, the what the group seems to be using as solutions, especially to your point, when it's sold as if, like, it's an ultimate solution. But, like, to, to your point, it's only, like, it's, it's really not. More people got to really, like, lean in. Because I think even people who are Christians, right, have a hard time um, owning it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm listening to you talk right now. I'm like, man, like, this man really has, like, tapped in, and he's owning this. He's, he's, he's really, I feel like a lot of us aren't owning it and are, like, on the fence. Mm -hmm. You know let what me, I mean? Let me say this, bro, and I want to take a step back to something you said about, like, man, Christianity is just adding rules. And I've already tried to establish that Jesus said, following me is not burdensome, it's true freedom. But freedom it's not being able to do whatever you want to do. It's living how God has called us to live. You know what I'm saying? Because no one is free apart from Christ. You're really just a slave to sin. A apart from Christ, you ain't free. The lordship of Jesus is freedom in life, and he's the best master. Sin is a terrible master. Jesus is the greatest one. I he, just, yeah. he, he loved us and gave himself for us. And, man, this is God's world, bro. Like, it's crazy to try to live in God's world Apart from God, God's rules aren't burdensome. God's rules, God's commands, God's instruction, God's prescriptions, God's word to us. It's like a doctor giving you medicine, saying, hey, do this. That ain't burdensome. It's sustaining your life. You know what I'm saying? It's like your parents when you were a kid saying, don't touch the stove. They ain't trying to burden your life. They don't want you to burn your hand. You know what I'm saying? It's like your parents saying, look both ways before you cross the street. And you never grow out of that. You be 32 years old. You better still look both ways because you don't want to get ran over. God, this is God's world. He knows what he's doing. That's one, man, when I got married, bro, and just thinking about, you know, God's commands about sex, for instance, God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing, man. Like we, we ought to do things God's way. When we do things God's way, by God's grace, trust in his word, trust in his faithfulness, 
things are better because God is better. But this is God's world, man, and he's righteous. He's good. He's faithful. He's merciful. He's loving. He's kind. He's infinitely wise. Why wouldn't we trust in him? Why would we lean to our own understanding thinking it's going to work out? When God has already laid it out in his word, and when it comes to the majority, bro, Jesus agrees with you. In Matthew 7, he says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. So it's wide and it's easy too. So it's like, man, this is smooth. I'm taking this. But what does it lead to? Destruction. And look what he says next. And those who enter by it are many. Man, the majority. But then he goes on to say, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard. That leads to life. And those who find it are few. So people may look at that and say, man, why the narrow way got to be hard? It's because we live in a fallen, sinful world. And it's like you're going against the current following Jesus rather than following the way of your flesh, uh, sin, and Satan's influence in this world. You know what I'm saying? You're following Christ, the Savior and the Lord. And it's narrow because it's Christ and Christ alone, trusting in him, following him, clinging to his word. And it may be harder, but eternal life, with Jesus, free from sin, free from tears, free from sorrow, that's the, that's the end of it. You know, though we die to sin in this world, though we may be going against the current, we're following Jesus. And I tell you what, man, he who gains Christ loses nothing. Christ is so much better than anything this world can offer. And it may be hard, but that's because you, 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 you fight in the flesh and going against the world, but it leads to life. And those who find it are few. So you may be in the minority, but he who stands with God is always in the majority. I don't believe in peer pressure, bro. Peer pressure exists because people doing bad stuff love company. People say misery loves company, but sinning loves company. So when you out here sinning, you want more people to join in because you know it's wrong. You know what take real strength? is trusting in God's word and obeying him and doing it his way. But you ain't in the minority. You standing with the Lord. You stand it with the Lord, you following him, and it leads to life, bro. And the gate may be narrow, but the gate is open you know, to sinners like us, you know and Jesus I, receives us. You know what I really want to hear you talk about is that life, though. Because I think that, like, if you're looking at it from the outside looking in, right, and you're looking at, like, the world, and then you're looking at, like, being a believer in Christ, and you, and you, and you hear, oh, life, right? I think that it's like... A lot of people may be like, is it really life? Is it? You know what I mean? It's like like I'm looking at I'm looking at the world getting it popping right now. From what it seems. Like you yeah, like we talked yeah, about. Yeah. But and then I'm looking at I'm looking at the Christians. I'm like, are y'all having fun? Is is life is life pop is it is it is it worth it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that like, I don't know, like what's how, so you've been leaning in this. Give us a report. How's life? Life with Jesus is beautiful. Life with Jesus is having a peace that surpasses understanding. Peace is not a fickle thing when it comes to Christ. It's fixed as Jesus is. Life with Jesus, life following Jesus is a clear conscience because I know all my sins have been nailed to the cross and that I'm following the resurrected and risen king. Life with Jesus is, incompar- is incomparably great because of a marriage that is blessed by God, not because of anything I've done, but because of the grace of God and his spirit empowering and enabling me to obey him. So it's not this selfishness because we want to love one another as Christ has loved us. It's something outside of us that's dictating life not being washed to and fro by every conspiracy video I see because I got the scriptures, I got the word of the living God. I'm not tossed to and fro by every single doctrine or teaching or politician because I got Christ and he's fixed. I ain't trying to get it popping every week to mask the pain I feel because I can pray to the God of heaven and know he's my father. Know that I have a savior, a mediator who sits at the right hand of God and who intercedes for me. There's not a day or a moment that goes by that me or, or, or every single other Christian is unprayed for. Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Jesus loves us with an unending love. I don't got to chase it and try to find it in, in the beds of some, for, of, of some woman that I ain't never even met. 
I don't got to get drunk to, 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 to drown out my sorrows. I can take them to the Lord and know that my life is in his hands. I mean, that's a question that can be answered for an hour. No, man. no, no. no. And, and, but see, and I, I think that like, I think that you touched on a couple things that like, you really gotta, it, for those listening, you really gotta like ask yourself some internal questions because for one, right? Like, I think that you highlight in like a sense of like inner peace, a sense of like genuine, like for joy and I think, for instance, like, I read a quote, I, 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 I'm tempted to pull it up, but it, it was like, mm. um, once you realize that, like, a, a lot of the world is projecting, it changes your perspective on, like, what, like, what you see. And I guess mm. what I took from it is, like, um, you, can, you can look at the world and, and, and see, like, oh, like, oh, they, they in Miami, they going crazy, they in Vegas, they doing this. Man, I'm trying to, you know, I mean, live this, this uh, you know, this certain way of living. And I think that like, um, I think that when you ask yourself, like when you just do a, a like, forget the, what, what, what's going on. You just ask yourself, okay, like, what do I, what are my needs? What do I want right now out of my life? Like, I, 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 I feel the urge to kind of like move in this direction that, the, that like the, the world's moving in. But, but why do I feel like that? And a lot of the time it's, to your point, if you're really being honest, it's to mask, like, pain. It's to, like, uh, fill voice that you, that, 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 that need, that you, that you know that you, that need to be addressed. Mm. And, and I think that what we see in the, in the world a lot is a lot of people trying to convince themselves that there's, that uh, they've reached this peace, that they've reached a certain level of fun, that if, that it's like they, they never really have reached. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, for those who haven't necessarily connected with God, mm -hmm. I've lived that life to know. I'm not Man. speaking as a, yeah, yeah, as yeah. a, like, just like some guy mm. in church looking on the outside. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I tried that method first. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And like, to, to, so to like, um, to see somebody who's at peace, it, it, I think sometimes can also be like less, like, Flashy, mm -hmm. less, you know what I mean? And it's like hard to um, like pinpoint it at like, yeah. or it's not, it might not stop the scroll. Mm -hmm. Peace, inner peace, it, it, you don't see that just from looking at a picture on the ground. Yeah. yeah. You know what Let I mean? And uh, can I add this too? Just the word hope, man. And hope, not, not as like wishful thinking, like, man, I just hope this will happen. I hope I win the lottery with these numbers. But hope as in confident certainty concerning the future based upon what God has said in his word. There is such hope with Jesus, hope in the face of death, whether it's my own or my loved ones, because I serve, I follow, I trust, I've been saved and redeemed by a resurrected Savior who is the resurrection and the life, who has defeated death, who has taken away the sting of death. I don't got to fear death because Jesus has defeated it already. Death is just a pathway to real life when you follow in Christ. It's not something that's in the back of my mind. It's something that's coming, and I don't know how to deal with it. And, man, I'm just going to meet my maker. I've already met my maker, and his name is Jesus. You know what I'm saying? No, um, man, um, I, can't believe, I can't believe I forgot. Like, man, because it, that's, a, that's another big point that you, that you touched on, being able to hope and, and really have faith. Mm -hmm. to, your, to your point, like, life without Jesus, life without God is living life without having, like, an ability to hone on to some form of, like, belief outside of, like, what you see. Man. You know what I mean? And, like, I think, I think a lot of Christians don't even necessarily, myself included, for a long period of time, and still to this day, struggle with, like, truly reaping the benefits mm -hmm. of being a believer in Christ. Mm. Like, when, if you really believe, yo, Jesus got you, he got your back, you're good, mm -hmm. right? When you're in a, in a situation where you're down, you have the opportunity to look at it from the perspective of, yo, like, God got me. This is just, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, you, and it's attractive. When you see somebody like, yo, like, yo, I know that this person's life is down. I know that they're going through so, so many different things. But they, for whatever reason, are, like, able to just cruise through. Mm -hmm. I think that's a benefit of being a believer in Christ that we need to take advantage of. But maybe a lot of us don't. And I'm talking I'm talking about myself. Yeah. And if I could just say this, man, the hope is not fickle and it's so unchanged. 
because Jesus is unchanging. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is immutable. Our triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is unchanging because God can't get any better. He's best, and he's certainly not going to go worse. So the hope is so fixed because Jesus is not changing in his having our back. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's already showed in his laying his life down and rising again. Nothing can snatch us out of his hands. You know what I'm saying? So it's so fixed. It's so certain because Jesus is certain. He's dependable. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. And let me say this, bro. Just talk to, to him, speak. Talk to him. Just to speak as a shepherd at heart. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My my uh, desire, Lord willing, is to be a pastor of a church for decades to come. You know what I'm saying? And I want to shepherd people and 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 to help them come to know Christ and to grow in Christ. Um, that's my heart, man. That's what I feel like God has equipped, called, and, you know, the church, brothers and sisters around me have affirmed that in my life. And I just want to speak to, you know, any believers who could be listening to this. I don't want you to be impressed with me. I don't want you to say, man, that really, man, that guy can talk or, man, he really knows a lot. I am not the point. I am just a pointer. And I hope to point you to Jesus and his sufficiency. He's all that you need and all that is necessary. And his word is living and acting it, living and active. And if you want to unlock all the riches that are in Christ, you have to give yourself to his word. And I'm not saying read 80 chapters a day. I'm saying just look at your life and find time to consistently get into the scriptures, the holy scriptures, the word of the living God. Because when we read scripture as believers, it's the only book where the author's with you every time you read it. Scripture is true. It's unchanging. And it's not just about comprehending truth, but communing with the living God as you read it. And God meets us in the scriptures when we meet him. And through the scriptures, by faith, you can behold the glory of Jesus and become more like him and see his sufficiency, see that he's enough. Give yourself to prayer because as Christians, when we pray, we are just enjoying God as our father. We're pouring our, heart, our, our hearts out to him who will always hear, hear us. And, 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 and we come to him through Christ the Savior. So we'll always be accepted, embraced, and received. And we come empowered by the spirit who's enabling us and helping us. And give yourself to fellowship. You cannot thrive in Jesus if you're not a part of a healthy local church that's seeking to shepherd your soul, to care for you, to preach the word of God, to ensure that you have community, people who are serving you, people who you can serve and disciple. Those are three main things that you got to have in your life if you're going to follow Jesus well, if you're going to glorify God. you got to make time for his word and spend time with him in the word. you got to be a person of prayer And I don't mean just praying for an hour. Charles Spurgeon says short prayers are long enough. Pray without ceasing. It's constant communication with the Lord. you got to find a faithful local church where you can give yourself to. People pour into you. And that's how the riches of Jesus um, are manifested in our lives. It's not some secret code. It's not some conspiracy that's only for the elite. God has given us his word as revelation for us to know him and to know him well and to follow him. His will is not a mystery. He's put it all in here. And Jesus wants us to have his joy and his joy to the full. That's John 15. We have to abide in him, to abide in his word. We're just branches. He's the vine, but he gives life. Mm. He gives life to the full. And it's only through abiding in him that we bear fruit. And to, let's, 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 let's make it simple. So you said, so to abide, prayer. Reading God's word and community. Fellowship. Yeah. Fellowship. So mm-hmm. like um, if you're a believer, make sure that you're communicating with God. Make sure that you're staying in God's word and make sure that you're it's kind of keeping a community around your people who can who are also doing similar things, who can encourage mm-hmm. you and help you grow. And I just want to define that community well as a healthy local church that's preaching the Bible that wants to shepherd your soul, help you to grow, to become more like Jesus, that's um, highlighting your gifts and how God made you and how you can serve the church that was willing to serve you and just brothers and sisters in Christ that you can 
grow with and take communion with, you know, the bread and the wine or the grape juice nowadays, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to uh, be baptized if you need to be and to see other believers be baptized, just the whole life of the local church. A uh, Lone Ranger Christian is most likely a dead one. You know what mm. I'm saying? You got to follow Jesus with brothers and sisters in Christ. We are members of the body and Christ is the head. And if you a pinky on your own, you dead. You know what I'm saying? So we need brothers and sisters. We need to be in a healthy local church that will help us to read the word well, disciple us, give us intentional relationships to follow Jesus, that we pray with people that are praying for us. You know what I'm saying? It's all in the life of the local church and just the simple graces that God has given us to grow in his word and prayer, and you know, all of that. So I just want to be specific with some of it. And if oh, yeah. you out here and you want to start reading the word, I would say, Start with Proverbs. Proverbs is 31 chapters in the book. It's the book of wisdom. Just, just, just whatever month, I mean, whatever day it is in the month, just read that chapter. That's not hey. And then if you want to uh, grow in your prayer life, just take the Psalms. Psalm 23, for instance. Read the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then let that be a springboard for your prayer life. God, I thank you that you're my shepherd. You are everything that I need. And then you go to the, same, the next verse and do the same thing. Now, and I would also say for a Christian to always be in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they chronicle for us in their eyewitness testimonies in the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. I'm inspired by the Holy Spirit, but they show us the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Christ, the ascension of Jesus. And if we're going to follow Jesus well, we need to constantly keep him before us. And we do that most by beholding his glory in scripture. I would say that's a great place to start, specifically the gospel of John. We see the glory of Jesus put so well there. So I think those are great starting points, reading the gospels, maybe a chapter a day, asking God to help you understand Proverbs to grow in wisdom and using the Psalms to help your prayer life. Those are really practical points to help you uh, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus and for his word to dwell in you richly. Man, a thousand percent. Proverbs will save you some uh, mistakes. <laughs> Make making some mistakes for sure. Wait, so then, um, okay, so then let, we might as well we might as well plug in Jesus right now, right? So somebody is like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm trying to tap in. You know what I mean? What? How do I become a Christian? Like, what do I gotta do? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Bible says simply in Acts sixteen thirty one, believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. Uh, G- Jesus says in John six twenty eight, this is the work of God. Like, hey, you want to, what work does God want you to do? This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. And that's Wait. Jesus. And I just want to read Romans 10, 9 through 13. The scripture says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He's master. He's king. And believe in your heart. That means heartfelt. Involves the mind, the affections, that God raised him from the dead. You you will be saved. So you got to hear the gospel, the good news of the person and work of Christ, who he is and what he's done that God is holy, righteous, good, our creator, faithful, merciful, gracious. He's worthy of our devotion, but we're sinners by nature and choice. Jesus came, lived the perfect life that we haven't lived, died the death that we deserve for sinners, rose again on the third day, ascended to heaven. He's coming back soon. And if you repent, turn from your sins and believe in him, trust in him, Jesus saves. Romans 10.10, for with your heart one believes and is justified. Justified just means righteous before God because the righteousness of Christ is then given to you. It's accredited to you. Jesus took our account of sin on the cross and his account of perfect righteousness, holiness, and perfection is then given to us. When we put our faith in Jesus, we're not clothed in the filthy rags of our sin. We're clothed in his perfect righteousness, his robes for mine. So the Bible says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. But then look at Romans 10, 11. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. When you die and stand before the throne or when Jesus returns, if you believe in him, trust in him, trust in the Lord Jesus, give him your life, you won't be put to shame when you stand before God. You'll be received as his child. Meaning, 
So like anybody, no matter what they're doing, no matter what they what they're involved in, they have the opportunity to to, to 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 tap into this right now. Anybody and everybody, the gospel is good news for the world. Jesus came for all nations, tribes, and tongues. In the end, every single nation, tribe, and tongue will stand before him. So Jesus came for everybody. Jesus came for sinners. It's that simple. And it don't matter if you're black, white, Asian, Puerto Rican, Chinese, whatever. Before the cross, before the living God, we are sinners who need the Savior. So then, so I, just in case, so like I think, so you've been a Christian for how long? The Lord saved me when I was in the sixth grade. So since about 11, 12 years old, oh, I don't wow. remember the, I don't remember the exact age, but I know it was in the sixth grade. So, and I just, I, I highlight that because I think like, um, I wouldn't want somebody to see, cause you are, um, in this, you fired up about it. And I think some, I, I know like for myself and my own experience, when I didn't believe in God mm-hmm. and I would see, um, you know, Christians, believers speaking like so boldly like you're speaking now i would feel like man like i don't i don't feel like i mean i I may want to push into this a little bit more like Mm -hmm. i mean i guess being that like i'm feeling something here Mm -hmm. but i'm not as fired up as as these guys Mm. you know what i mean so like i feel you maybe this isn't for me because i'm not as fired up as Mm -hmm. these guys are yeah and i think um when you highlight like he who believes I want to touch on like what the belief looks like early on. You know what I mean? Like when you, when you, when you're not, when, when you just, you just hearing about this for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Like, like maybe it was a long time ago for you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Nah, man. And I just, you know, thanks for saying that, bro. And you know, I think that's real. And if anybody's feeling like that, please hear me. I don't want you to compare yourself to me, man. My wife could tell you I'm a sinner. Anybody that's been around me long enough, but more importantly, God, I'm a recipient of God's grace. I don't deserve nothing but punishment for my sin. But there stands Jesus, my redeemer and my savior. So I ain't the standard of nothing. And I'm just an ambassador for Jesus, as all Christians are. I'm just a representative of the king. I'm just a pointer. I'm a slave. I'm a servant. I'm a waiter just bringing you the bread of life. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a beggar telling other beggars where I found bread and the bread of life being Jesus. So I'm not, I'm trying to point you to Christ. Not make anybody feel insecure or down or anything like that. When I was in the sixth grade, <laughs> all I knew was that God is God. God is real. <laughs> the Bible's true. I'm a sinner and Jesus is the savior. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> God just showed me the beauty of Christ and showing me my need for him. And that was it. We grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. We grow in repentance. We grow in faith. And God will finish the good work he starts in us. Jesus is not only the object of our faith, but he's the founder and the perfecter of our faith, the the author and finisher of our faith. When we are born again, when God gives us hearts of flesh that will actually receive the gospel rather than hearts of stone where it just bounces off, when God gives us new eyes that see by faith the glory of Christ in, in hearing the gospel preached, when God gives us new ears that hears the gospel truly for the first time rather than it just being some preacher talking, when God does that change in us, you know what I'm saying? We're born again, born anew, made new creations, but we're spiritual infants in Christ. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is received by the, those who were spiritually poor beggars who just recognize their need and cry out to him Mm. jesus says to come to the kingdom to receive the kingdom you must make yourself like a child that don't mean being childish it means having childlike faith that means just rejecting self-sufficiency just rejecting the fact that oh i got this i can make it to god on my own no i'm good enough oh no i pray oh no i'm good Oh, oh, oh oh no i'm this nah childlike faith simple dependent it, it, it's like a three-year-old with their parents they can't do nothing for themselves they're totally dependent on their parents and as christians as sinners hearing the gospel desiring to respond by the grace of god 
we cry out to the Lord. We depend upon him. We trust in him. And then for the rest of our lives, we grow in that faith, trusting him more, becoming more like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit shows us more of the glory of Christ, makes us more like Christ. So uh, like Nipsey said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I don't know all of what Nipsey was talking about, but it's true for walking with Jesus. It's not, you know, you got to be this preacher, you know, off top. Nah, we are spiritual infants when we come to Christ. Born again, born anew, babes who need to grow up, who, who, who need a faithful local church to come around us, who, who need the word of God, which First Peter says is like milk for the baby that feeds our faith and, and helps us to grow in our salvation. We need to pray because babies, when they come out the womb, what they do, cry. So Christians, when we're born again and made new, we cry out to the Lord. But man, this ain't no um, pecking order. This ain't no, Jesus ain't expecting you to be nothing when you come. You're nothing but a sinner crying out to him. He's everything. He's all that we need. He's enough. He's worthy. It ain't about no one else. It's about him. Looking to him. Trusting in him. It's about Christ, and we come to him with nothing except our sin, and he receives sinners who come. So, so, I, so, so, so I pray no one walks away um, from hearing this, watching this, and thinking, oh, man, I ain't like that guy. Yeah. Now you are like me. You're a sinner like me that needs a Savior, yeah. and let's grow together as we believe and follow him. Man, I love it. So let's, uh, let's highlight some things. So Christian, a Christian is, and, and, and please correct me if I miss, if I miss speak on anything. A Christian, one who believes in the story of Jesus Christ, and as can we leave it there? Period. Yeah, I, yeah. I would say yeah. not 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 just the story of Christ, but believes in the person and work of Christ. Believes in who Jesus is as the Savior, as the King, as the only mediator between God and man. Who believes Jesus is who He says He is, and believes that He did all that He did in the gospel, lived the perfect life died a substitute death on the cross, rose again, is alive today in heaven, and he's coming back. So a Christian is one who believes and follow Jesus, who believes in who he is and what he's done and, and, and embraces and receives and follows him. I like to give a lot of synonyms and things like that. I'm not trying to complicate it. I'm just trying to make it clear. No, no, no. You know and I was, I was just, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm taking the, um, I'm taking it. Yeah. I think it's worth, it's great to expand. The Christian believes in who Jesus is and what he's done and embraces him and follows him. A hundred percent. So that's a Christian. And then uh, two, if you are, a, if you're not a Christian, how you, how you become one is. Repenting and believing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus. That's not advice, but news. It tells you who Jesus is and what he's done, and you are to repent, turn from your sins, and to believe in him, trust in him, cast yourself upon Christ, and he receives sinners who come to him. Boom. And then, and I'm just trying to make it like, like just straight points. Got you. And then, um, and then, and then lastly, uh, if you are a believer in Christ and, um, we've touched on the importance of like leaning into that so that you can actually reap the benefits of it and not just kind of be in the middle. And to do that, you highlighted prayer, community. um, Community specifically defined as a healthy local church, not just hanging out with people that say they're spiritual, but a local church that has pastors who care for your soul, who's preaching the word of God and the gospel who's practicing uh, the ordinances, gifts that Jesus given to the church, like baptism and communion, who practice church discipline if necessary. So prayer in a healthy local church in terms of community. Mm. I just want to define that well. No, and, you, and, you've done, and you define this twice. I actually, now I'm, I'm really like, because when I heard it, I remember I actually just kind of just told myself, yeah, church. Like, uh, and I actually, personally, I put that in the church in the bucket of um a group of believers coming together and hearing your specific definition, it makes me wonder, is that too loose a one? And should like somebody really actually formally mm-hmm. find an actual yeah, church? Yeah. 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 Cause I, cause yeah, like so Bible study is an option. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know there, what I mean? There's a difference between fellowship and the gathering of the church. Fellowship is when Christians simply enjoy the gospel together. 
when we're mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Mm -hmm. You know, Christians hanging out could be fellowship when we're enjoying the gospel together. But the local church, so I said earlier, there's the universal church, which is just Christians all around the world, every Christian in, in the world. Yeah. But that has a tangible expression in terms of local church. And as Christians, we practically express our commitment to Christ through a commitment to the local church, a church that preaches his word, that disciples and shepherds souls, that practices baptism and communion because Jesus has given the church to do that, that has church discipline if necessary because if you're out here sinning but you're saying you're a Christian, you need believers who will come around you and say, hey, you need to live consistent with your profession mm. or it may not be real. You know what I'm saying? There's no guarantee of that happening if Christians are just hanging out. What if they're all sinning and they're just drowning in sin? You know what I'm saying? You need pastors and um, a formal body. See what you you're know saying. what I'm saying? It's like, like, it's like, it's like uh, leadership versus just um, fellowship. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, I, could, we, I could be in college and, and, and talk about a study mm-hmm. amongst my college friends, mm-hmm. and then I could be in class with a professor who's kind of like formally leading. And I would imagine we're, we're going to learn more from being in class mm-hmm. than kind of going back and forth amongst each other, although they both serve their purpose. And church, both can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a church is just, church literally means ecclesia in the original language in which the New Testament was written, which means the called out ones. Believers, Christians who have been called out from the world and sin to belong to Christ, to be little Christ. And there's a formal gathering uh, which involves worshiping God, hearing the word of God preached, and having communion, baptism, and church discipline if necessary, all by pastors who have been called by God and affirmed by a body of believers to lead and to shepherd souls. Mm. That matters, bro. That matters. You can't just follow Jesus how you want to. You got to follow Jesus how the Bible's called us to. Romans, like the book of Romans. That's not just like a random book. That's written to the church in Rome. 1 Corinthians is written to the church in Corinth. Ephesus, it's not just a book to a city. It's written to the church of Ephesus. In the first century, there's, there's just not even idea of just following Jesus, and I'm not a part of a gathered body of people who worship hear the word preached, and do what the Bible says Christians ought to do together. And the Bible has so many commands in the New Testament which say they're they're called the one another commands. Love one another, forgive one another, serve one another, bear with one another. There's so many of those. And the only way to actually practice that is in a formal gathering of a local body, which is an expression of the universal church, Christians all around the world. You, you can't practice the one another's if you just willy-nilly and loose. You know what I'm saying? You need a gathered body of believers. We can't follow Jesus how we want to. And that's what can happen in just loose groups. We got to follow Jesus how the text says. And the text says we got to do it in local bodies, mm. which are expressions of the church, big C, all around the world. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me, 100%. I definitely have uh, more questions, maybe for a, di- a different episode. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a part two. Yeah, you know maybe a part two. But, um, but bro, I, I, so I think that this is great. We define what a Christian is. We define how to be one. And, um, I mean, to be honest, that's that was the main purpose, I think. And mm-hmm. I think we accomplished that. Um, if somebody wanted to just kind of connect with you, how do they do that? You, you, plugged, you plugged us to God. <laughs> but if, if they wanted to get plugged in with you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can hit me up on Instagram it's just Paul Pitts 3 that should pop up um, and um, I attend Grace Community Church yeah. in Sun Valley California and I yeah. serve in the college ministry there yes, sir. and every single Thursday I have a Bible study at USC where we're preaching the gospel there we have small groups doing evangelism on campus. So I'm at USC every single Thursday doing this gospel ministry. And I'm also serving at a Christian private school as a spiritual life director. So if there's any youngins listening to this and you're looking for a good Christian school, you can come there. And I'm always ministering there Monday through Friday. But, yeah, I mean, Instagram. I mean, if you want to come through to the church I'm at, 
you know, please do. Would love to follow Jesus together with you there. And USC every Thursday preaching the word. So anybody in Cali, especially, you know what I mean? Yes, Tap sir. in with my guy, Paul. Um, and then spiritual life director, though. Break that down exactly. Yeah, so a spiritual life director of a Christian school, it's just a K-12 through Christian private school. And spiritual life director is, I say this very loosely, is like a campus pastor, like a campus minister. It's just a person, uh, it's a role that's over the discipleship of the church, that's over the discipleship of the school, excuse me, over the chapels uh, that we weekly have, involved in preaching at those chapels and making sure there's faithful preachers there, over all the retreats that we have from 6th grade to 12th grade, I'm over the devotionals that the school may have, helping with the Bible department, I'm over the devotionals for staff and things like that. So it's just gospel ministry at a Christian private school, bearing witness to Jesus, helping both the staff, the fac- helping, helping the staff, faculty, and the students to come to Jesus and to follow Jesus well. Man, bro, God bless you. Hmm. Uh, thank you for everything that you're doing right now, man. Like, I, you've been you've been locked in on this helping people since I've met you, mm-hmm. and you haven't stopped. So yeah, man, it's just the grace of God, bro. That's it's you know God has been kind to me. God has saved me from the pit of my sin. God has saved me from myself, and He has given me just true purpose in life and following Jesus. Man, it's His grace. I'm not worth being praised it's all glory to christ 